Hey, neighbors. How's it going? I'm Gracie. I'm Stephanie. And we're your spooky neighbors. Welcome back to another episode of your spooky neighbors. Of your spooky neighbors. That is us. We are here. We are them. It feels like it's been a minute. Halloween was awesome. Halloween was great. We did so much preparation, so we just had some little episodes that were just kind of floating in yeah. space and time that we had recorded. So you gave got us time to, to enjoy catch that. Up. Yeah. And uh, now we are post spooky season. And holy shit, for... we missed you guys. Yeah. Even though you hear us every week. <laughs> I genuinely missed this. <laughs> oh, man. You know, we are getting ready for the holiday season. It is coming up on us. Turkey day. Mm, turkey day. I love stuffing. I love stuffing. That's my favorite. I don't eat turkey, so it just like doesn't doesn't play a role in my Thanksgiving. Dude, every single day after school, my my neighbor and I... We would just make a giant bowl of stuffing, like that stovetop, and just sit and watch either a haunting or a Degrassi on. Oh my gosh! <laughs> on TV. Wow! Oh, that's we so wholesome. It. Yeah, the smashing stuffing. We, yeah, smash. <laughs> that sounds like a band name. Yep. Smashing stuffing. <laughs> we're out of smashing pumpkin season, and we're into smashing stuffing season. Let's go. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so stoked. I'm here for it. I'm also here for this spooky mansion that has a wicked restaurant inside of it. Dude, yeah. You told me that there's some haunted mansion in Detroit. There is a haunted mansion in Detroit. Does it belong to Luigi? Uh, who? Luigi. L- oh, oh, I thought... Luigi. Is it Luigi's mansion? Yeah, that's really funny. My, um, I had a little moment of dyslexia, and I heard Louis... G. Luigi. <laughs> Luigi. <laughs> it is it is not Luigi's mansion and it is not Luigi's mansion. <laughs> it belongs to King Boo. It belongs to no longer the Whitney's, but okay. but that is that is how it's known. Yeah. You ready? Are you yeah. ready to hear about it? Cool, let's yes. dive in. This is the Whitney House. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, so the Whitney Mansion, it was built in 1894. It was a residence for David Whitney Jr., and he was a very successful lumber baron, the wealthiest man in Detroit, one of the wealthiest men in Michigan at the time. According to historicdetroit.org, the mansion is estimated to have cost $400,000 at the time, which would now be about $9.5 million. That was that was a lot of money back in the day. Wow. Yeah, how? Wow. wow. Um, and at the time of his death in 1900, he was worth more than 15 million at that time. So that equates to about, oh, half a billion dollars, Holy. a.k.a. 500 million dollars. What? Yeah, this dude was like, whoa, whoa, rich. Damn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just want to say it kind of blows my mind that people can be worth that much money. I don't particularly associate with that in the first place because I feel like it's kind of weird like to put oh, uh, yeah, monetization to put, like, on a person. Like, this is your worth. Uh-huh. Like, as in if you were to buy or sell somebody for a certain dollar amount. Oh, no, oh back See? The, that's that, why it makes uh, it feel – that's why it's weird, you know? Yeah. Like, prostitution. Like, oh, it's oh worth gosh. that much money. So it is, it is pretty interesting. I hate it. 
Yeah. I hate it so much. The whole conversation. The whole Sorry, conversation. I brought it there. I really did. <laughs> My bad. You, no, no, that is okay. Um, <laughs> but that is exactly why it Was there a me... show or something that you, re- that you recently watched? <laughs> oh, no. This is just how I feel about life. Word. Yeah. Putting monetary value on a human being. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Connects to all oh, of that ickiness. I do have one that is on the true crime community side, like just to like for a small update. What's that? So there was a dad. I think I shared that link with you. There's a dad that found his daughter had been sold into sex trafficking in Seattle, Washington. <laughs> I and remember the this dad, one. Yeah. And the dad, he just. He found out who did it. Yes. Who like sold her. Yes. And, and it was her boyfriend, mm-hmm. like 19 year old boyfriend. And so then he I don't know. I don't know how he did the shit, but he did some Liam Neeson shit. And he just tracked down where his daughter was, got her back, and then he tracked down the boyfriend, found that motherfucker, and just, oh, my God, like, brutalized him. Uh, And then he was left in a car for about a year. Wow. Yep. So he murdered him and got away with it for a while, it sounds like. And that's a weird controversy because I feel like murder is wrong. Murder is always wrong. It is. It is certainly not the way. But then, like, like, and everyone's like, that's justice. So, I mean, it's it's justice. We are past medieval times, but yes. It's like, it's a 50 50. I like, I look at that as a 50 50. I understand the side of like everyone saying, yes, that's amazing. He saved his daughter. He did. Yeah, that's He went so fucking far and he got her back. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. And he took revenge. Yeah. Mm hmm. Wow. So that was like just a small little update. Just, I think the fun, the funnest fact about she the was end sold of for a thousand dollars. That's where I was going. With oh, that. she was sold for a thousand dollars. That's bringing it back into the conversation of monetization of a person. Ah, here we go. Yeah, one thousand dollars. I'd be so fucking pissed. That's oh my gosh, wow. To even how I don't even know where anybody would begin on that, and I don't even want to think about it because people are people's lives are priceless there is no monetary value to that that is like something that money does not compare to mm. it is just no um the point that i was going to bring up about the end of that article though was the fact that he was completely willing to talk about it and had absolutely no like yes i did it and i am proud that i did that's what i really appreciated too yeah. he was just like i did it and you know what i'm 60 years old i'm going to serve my time like, it was worth it. It was worth it. What a dad. Gonna crack a cold one with your spooky neighbors. <laughs> Cracking them. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. Let, sorry. Yeah. That was a, that was a side adventure. That was like a little side ch- adventure. <laughs> <laughs> that was an adventure. That was a little, a little tiny little rod. Yeah. Ride on like the side. we said, it's been a minute. <laughs> But we're back. We're back. We're back. Mm. All right. So, yeah, we're going to get back into it. Next up, uh, we're going to talk about the history of Mr. David Whitney Jr. He was born on August 23rd of 1830 in Watertown, Massachusetts. He quickly established himself in the lumber trade and moved to Detroit by the age of 27. The company he and his brother Charles were in charge of extended from the eastern seaboard through Canada, Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. For a while, they had become the largest lumber dealer in the United States. But lumber was not Whitney's only business venture. He was also involved in real estate speculation, steamships, and banking. 
He married Flora McLaughlin in 1860 and had one son and three daughters, David C. Whitney, Flora Ann Whitney Dem, Catherine Whitney McGregor, and Grace Whitney Hoff. The Whitneys built their first home in Detroit, and it was on the corner of Woodward and Sporat in 1870. The home has been attributed to Morton L. Smith, an architect and artist who designed Detroit's first opera house. It was a restrained Second Empire-style brick home with a mansard roof and heavily bracketed eaves. The home seemed passe and out of date, especially to the family with such means, reputation, and influence as the Whitneys. David Whitney Jr. was said to have been a humble man who would have been happy living in a log cabin. His wife, on the other hand, had extravagant taste, and she wanted a mansion that would, without reservation, exhibit the family's wealth and their highest status in society. Extravagant. Mm, Darling. Yes. Yeah. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So in 1890, Whitney hired George W. Lloyd to build him a new home, a more fashionable home, farther north at Woodward and Canfield Avenue. Previously, Lloyd had been commissioned to build the Grand Circus Building. It was five stories tall and later was replaced in 1914 with a much larger David Whitney building designed by the world-renowned architect Daniel Burnham in 1914. Lloyd was an English architect who also designed Detroit's Central United Methodist Church, the Wrights K Building, and the University of Detroit's Dowling Hall. The home he designed for the Whitneys was in the Romanesque revival style. It was popular in the end of the 19th century for churches and public buildings because of its implied visual strength. I could just imagine. Wow. It just looks maybe castle-esque. Castle-esque. I like it. Roman castle-esque. Ooh. It kind of looks like that a little bit. Mm. It was constructed using rose-colored South Dakota jasper, a type of granite. And just to give you all an idea of how luxurious this home was, there's a secret vault in the dining room, intricate mosaic tile flooring, elaborate carved wood and decorative plaster work, ornate chandeliers and sconces, Tiffany lamps, stained glass windows, and the Whitney Mansion has about mm, 22,000 square feet, 52 rooms, including 10 bathrooms, 218 windows, 20 fireplaces, numerous stained glass windows crafted by Tiffany's of New York, and it was the first residential home in Detroit to have an elevator for personal use. Dude, what? Yeah. Wow. Oh, and uh, late fixtures were designed by Thomas Edison himself. Oh, like, oh what? He was a personal oh. friend of Whitney, of David Whitney a per- Jr. A personal friend? Personal friend. Okay. Um, I have another little side adventure. It's it's kind of funny, though. Ooh, fine. Fun fact, in second grade, there is this project that we had to do, and it was something about electricity. Um, I don't know, how potatoes are basically conductors. Oh, yeah, I remember so that one. I was like, Mom, I, I have this last-minute project. Can you help? And we took this potato, and we made it look like Thomas Edison, except for we didn't really <laughs> make it look like Thomas Edison because there's only so much you can do to a potato. Like a Mr. Potato Head, but Thomas Edison? No, we made it like a sock puppet. So it was like a sock puppet <laughs> potato. And uh, I was really proud of it. <laughs> it still conducted electricity. And I, like, brought it on the bus and, like, Keeping in mind, this is in California. And uh-huh. California, it, it's not humid, but it gets really, really hot. 
So it's not like, you know, a colder climate right now in Michigan uh-huh. where that potato could be preserved when it's in your backpack, Uh-oh. et cetera. So it started smelling throughout the day. Ah. <laughs> and yeah. Stinky, rotten Edison potato head. And I was like, light bulb here is conductor. my project. And everyone's <laughs> like, why does it smell so bad? And I'm like, dude, it's a sock potato. <laughs> what do you expect? Whatever. I think that's so creative. That's and, amazing. <laughs> no, and you guys taught me the other day that um like you and Emilio that Thomas Edison was not the inventor can you explain that because oh, that's an yeah. important fact well yeah Thomas Edison was not the first uh inventor of electricity it was Nikola Tesla and then Edison took all the credit yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. didn't the conversation or go like, further back to um even in Egyptian times this is something that we'd have to fact check this was just something that was Egyptian uh, uh, that uh, that would be maybe. interesting I would like to dive into that but that was just in a conversation that came up yeah yeah pretty cool stuff I think um Wild. the rise of the popularity of Tesla the vehicle brand has like kind of given light to that whole that whole uh, uh thing from Tesla being the actual inventor of electricity over Edison so, you know, I think more people know about it. I am certainly no expert. So if you have to, if you have any fact checking uh, that you'd like to share with us, please do so. <laughs> That'd be great. I was just sharing my sock potato. I obviously don't know much. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing your sock yeah. potato. That's so wholesome. It was, it was great. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So back to the Whitney. Um, it was so old that each light had its own individual switch. What? Yeah. So basically turning out the lights, uh, you'd have to go flip a switch for every single one of them. Oh, my gosh. Like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. If we'll you, say. Uh, okay. So if you have some type of OCD, OCPD or anything like that, that would be. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm just imagining that. And yeah. I mean, I guess it's not that far-fetched for me because... Because it's a big place. I'm just thinking about the darkness that would, place. like, crawl out of the mansion because <gasps> it would be so dark and consuming Ooh. for when you have, like, you have the lights on and it's kind of warding away that darkness. And then, I don't know, you just go to one corner and what if you're on an island and then you just have to, like, run in darkness? That's what I'm thinking about. Oh, well, I guess uh, if it were me, I would be very strategic about turning the lights That's off first, yeah. the ones that are farthest away. I mean, honestly, like, I think I have individual switches for all of my lights because it's a really old home and none of the switches are that great. So they're all lamps. I use all lamps in my house. And yeah. uh, well, I guess the kitchen has multiple. But anyway. That's the same. Yeah. Electricity. Yeah, you're right. A, a darkness mm-hmm. island. That's <laughs> so cute. Like you turn all it the would. lights off and then you're like on the other side of the house like, oh, crap. Now I have to get back to the bedroom. And then, then you'd have to turn each one back on and then off and then <laughs> slowly make your way back to it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, if there's any Don't Starve Together players, you saw that game. Oh, like where you have yeah. to be in the white. You have to be in the light or the darkness will consume you. And you die. And I'm excited <laughs> to think and talk about what darkness lies within the Whitney Mansion. Ooh. Well, we have many stories to share. Yay. But first, I think we have a little bit more to talk about before we get there. Cool. Hmm. Let's see here. Ah, uh, yes. The extravagantness of the Whitney's. Uh, so it is said that they spent an additional $250,000, or $6.2 million today, on decorating and furnishing the home. 
Oh, and another 300,000 then, seven and a half million today, on artwork from around the world. Wow. Yeah, wow. Is right. A place would have been a museum. (laughs) Must be nice. I mean, if you you got it, do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see it. That, ah. I would too. If you ever want to go for a fancy dinner in Detroit, mm, get some mom spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> because M M&M just opened a restaurant in Detroit called Mom Spaghetti. That's amazing. On the way to the Whitney. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> Road it's trip a, anyone? It's anyone? a fast food only spaghetti. <laughs> and then we're gonna go to a fancy restaurant. That is so that is such a vibe. <laughs> I hope this happens. I really do. Yes. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Uh, Yeah, so she put all of this money and her fortunes into this home so that it could be extravagant so that, you know, she could let her image shine through. But then she died before the construction of the house was completed. Dude! And she never got to enjoy any of it. Are you... What? In 1892. So, yeah, like several years before the place was even finished. That's really sad. Like... But I mean, like, I would haunt it too. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I put all this stuff here. I got to enjoy it one way or another. Yeah. That kind of like, ooh, so that kind of energy, right? Exactly. That she was putting in there. Exactly. Was meant to stay. There was so much energy that she put into this place. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, man. Well, David Whitney was left to raise their four children all alone until one year after Flora's death, Whitney married her sister, Sarah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, after all of the construction, David Whitney didn't get much time to enjoy the mansion either because he died on November 30th of 1900 of a heart attack. And it's also rumored that he died in the mansion after one of his daughters told him of her plans to move to Europe and get married and leave. Yeah. His new wife, Sarah, continued to live in the mansion until her death in 1917. So, I mean, Dang, like... she was she was living it. She, she rode it out in there. She did the thing, just like, well... So, it's on one hand, um, they put all of this money and effort and time and energy into building this place that they did not get to personally enjoy, but then passed it down to their children, or in yeah. this case, her sister. Uh, Maybe not on purpose. Sister wife. <laughs> sister wife. Sister yeah. wife. Oh my God. <laughs> so that's another kind of thing too. Uh, it just makes me wonder, like, was there some kind of affair going on? Did he always have eyes or something for No, I think it was a lot more just common at the time. Like, to just go because, down the line and yeah, marry because, a like, sister. Yeah, I mean, the families were already connected at the time and um, they probably knew each other. Also, I think people tended to have more children that, during that time because it was uh, a little harder to live a full life, you know, because of mm. all of the yeah the mortality rates were a lot higher than they are today. Well, a lot lower, higher like mortality as in oh, like mortality. more death. Got you. Yeah. yeah. So a few decades after Whitney's death, nobody wanted to buy the place. A caretaker lived in it for 20 years or so until it was given to the Wayne County Medical Society in 1932 and became a hospice for tuberculosis patients. They moved in without a down payment, and the Whitney family paid the property taxes. These were roughly 15000 a year. And Dang. Yeah. That's nice. That's very generous of them. 
I'm guessing that the surviving Whitney family members must have been preparing to let the Wayne County Medical Society live in the house, because in 1929 it was confirmed that horse stalls of the carriage house were remodeled into offices for training, probably for the Visiting Nurse Association. And then, in 1941, the mansion was officially given to the Wayne County Medical Society. Throughout this time, many deaths occurred, which fueled even more ghostly rumors. And in 1956, the Medical Society moved from the Whitney House into a modern facility, which was built near the Wayne State University Medical Science Building. Um, Weird. Yeah. Nurses continued to maintain the mansion until about 1979, when it was sold to an entrepreneur, Richard Kung. Kung wished to preserve the beauty of this home for the public after he learned that the mansion would likely be torn down once the visiting nurses had left. In 1986, after a lengthy and costly restoration of about $3 million at the time, Kung opened the Whitney Restaurant. As for the updates to the building, crews of students were enlisted from the Center of Creative Studies to help bring the painted murals back to life. A state-of-the-art kitchen was installed in the former servants' quarters at the back of the mansion. The dining room on the first and second floors were named after their original purpose, as each is uniquely furnished. And the third floor became a cocktail lounge, which was later renamed The Ghost Bar, after the rumors swirled that David Whitney never really left. Ooh. Ghost Bar! Ghost Bar! wee I definitely have to go. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. I love me a fancy cocktail. Next summer. <laughs> next summer? Yeah, next summer. For Christmas, all I want is to go to the ghost bar. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's probably off season for them, right? (laughs) You know what? That's really true. Um, I'm sure their prices would remain the same. Or probably not, honestly. How much? Hold on. How much do you think a cocktail is there? Fifteen to twenty dollars. I would say twenty-five. I'm gonna throw it out there. Can we fact check real quick? Yeah, you're gonna have to do it because I'm on airplane mode. Holy shit. Okay, I have some some prices. If anyone is interested in going to the ghost bar, I have a menu pulled up right now. It's featured spirits are around, (laughs) uh, let's see, 13 at the lowest to $16. See, that is so reasonable. Uh, So they also have a cognac uh, flight, a Hennessy cognac flight. Um, It says $144. Oh, for a flight of cognac? That sounds about right. What? The wines are about, woo, there's one that's $100. Oh, nice one. They have some Michigan beers. Okay. They have some Michigan beers that are $6. Of course they have Michigan beers. Yeah. It's, um, that's what the people want. Yeah. Michigan makes great beers. And it's $6.50. That's not too bad for the ghost bar. See? I'm looking at their, okay, I'm looking at their whole menu. They have, uh, it's a pretty solid bar. Prime rib for $37 to $60. Yeah. So there you go. Just in case anyone was interesting or er, interesting. (laughs) You're all interesting. (laughs) If anyone was interested in just checking out the Whitney. Yeah. There's some like, I don't know. We're probably making you hungry right now. I'm hungry. I just feel like we talk about food in a lot of our episodes. Can tell how we're motivated. Yes, we are motivated <laughs> by food. Motivated by food, fancy cocktails. Mm-hmm. I just, I would love to see like the infused smoke in cocktails. <gasps> oh wow! Yeah, I know it gets there. I'll just come back to our back to our mansion story here. Uh, so during the renovations that they did for the restaurant, 
There were some supernatural activities that started to happen on every floor of the mansion, including the carriage house out back. The causes of these events have been linked to the story of David Whitney Jr. and his wife both dying inside of the mansion. After all, Flora never really got a chance to live in it. Mm. One of the most haunted areas of the house appears to be the elevator. David Dewey, the Whitney's director of operations, has witnessed the elevator moving from floor to floor on its own with no visible passengers. This has also been caught on video surveillance when there is no one in the building. And it gets creepier. You know how kids can sense some weird shit? Yeah. Yeah. Sixth sense. Mm-hmm. In one story, a couple and their children wanted to take the elevator from the third floor down to the first floor. The elevator door opened and the kids looked inside, turned back to his parents and said, Mom, Dad, we can't go in there because it's full. But mm. there was nobody in there. Yeah, kids can sense some weird shit like that. Mm. Where it's like, is like, it filled with all of your imaginary friends or is it filled with something else? It's full of energies. It's full of energies. Spooky spirits. Mm. In one of the bedrooms, a former tour guide, server, and host recalls that one time on a tour, a collection of dolls completely vanished from one of the rooms. While in an empty section of the building, he heard disembodied voices muttering his name. Ah, Dude man, dude, dude man, man, dude man, <laughs> dude man. I don't know his name. <laughs> Whatever your name is. <laughs> a pair of investigators from Haunt Investigators of Michigan decided to check out the Whitney house. While in Whitney's bedroom, they asked if he was with them. And at that very moment, the lights started flickering on and off. It could very well be a coincidence, but what are the chances that they get this response in the same room where David Whitney died of a heart attack in 1990? I mean, that's, 1900. That's a, yeah, that's a little, hmm. I mean, hmm. a little too coincidental, you know? A little too coincidental. Mm -hmm. Are you with us, David Whitney? Flicker, flicker, flicker. Seriously, something that I noticed that's also strange of just in terms of energies. Mm -hmm. You know that one light? In the main hallway, like above my stairwell, it doesn't work any other time of the year. Like it'll flicker on and off, on and off, on and off all the time. But during Halloween, it stayed like lit. The one in the front hallway? Yeah. Remember oh. that? Like it was broken the whole entire year and then all of spooky season, it was just working just oh, that's fine. Right. Hmm. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. What are the odds of some situations like that? Yes. Like are you some... with us, David Whitney? Flicker. Hmm. Interesting situations. Yeah. It's like, well, I mean, what is electricity but energy? Wow. Mm -hmm. And thinking about, like, if you were a ghost, and I feel like a good show that really, like, kind of brought me more into the paranormal su supernatural literally is called Supernatural. Oh. And it's that TV show. Um, I know so many people are obsessed. I've never watched it. Ooh. Well, I know. I know. There was, okay, I'm just going to tell a really cool perspective. And it was one, one of, like someone they knew had passed and then the audience got to see this guy in ghost form and of course trying to communicate with them, but then he would get frustrated and throw stuff. So we would see this like ghostly apparition just throwing stuff mm. or just, you know, you try to manipulate anything around you like light switches, energy, like that's exactly what you said it is. It's energy. So mm -hmm. a bunch of energy. Yeah, just that's just like a little connector that I think sometimes of there. every single time of when... Something like that happens. Ah, yeah. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That it's a frustrated ghost, and they're saying, "Listen, I am here. <laughs> see me, see me now. <laughs> Do you see me now?" Uh, ooh, well, maybe there might be some seen or unseen things on the second and third floor of the Whitney mm. Mansion. Unexplained apparitions have been seen. One of the staff members saw an older man looking out the window of the second floor. The staff member went outside to approach the man, telling him that he needed to leave because it was after hours. And then right before his very eyes, the man stood straight up and vanished into the floor. Into the floor. Yep. That sounds like a Scooby-Doo moment. Just poof. <laughs> <laughs> Just bloop. Other staff have also reported hearing children playing on the second floor and in the second floor bathroom at night after the doors have been locked. During investigation, a child's voice was caught on an EVP and videotape mimicking, quiet on the set. <laughs> Just fucking around with oh them, them, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Other members of the staff report hearing noises that sound like silverware and kitchenware clattering and or being stacked, as well as table settings and dining utensils being stacked on their own and getting moved around by an unseen presence. That's kind of cringy and creepy if you think of like the clings of silverware. Mm. Oh, it totally is. Cringy and creepy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Ah, yes. More on the ghost bar. According to many accounts, this is, of course, a hot spot for spirits. Ha ha ha. <laughs> hot spot. <laughs> for spirits. For spirits. <laughs> <laughs> or it's a cold spot. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we are oh filled with God. dad jokes tonight. I, I love it. <laughs> They're my goat. They are. I love dad They're jokes. Great. They're my favorite. I know. Mm. Yeah, so up in the ghost bar, Jeremy and Sarah, who run a spooky lifestyle blog called Foxy Cat Coven, visited the Whitney house and decided to get a drink at the ghost bar. And they wrote about it in their experiences. Here is a quote from Jeremy's words. We ventured into the third floor. We ventured to the third floor. <laughs> <laughs> this whole time we're just going into the floor. Everyone is going into the floor. <laughs> I'm just getting, I can't get that image out of my head of a ghost just like sinking into the floor, like just melting into it, like the fucking Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> or let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, quote. We ventured onto the third floor, the ghost bar, where the assumed ghostly activity is said to be the strongest. It may be a little presumptuous of me to say, but before we even made it to the top of the staircase, a nearly empty table spilled its utensils all over the floor and down to the second floor. A haunting from hell? My eyes playing tricks on me? A very clumsy waiter? Who knows? But it will be the very same table that we were sitting at all night. He goes on to say, this floor was by far the most dimly lit, with a menu that, while serving up several cocktail options, was most intriguing for its absinthe selection. Absinthe selection. It that sounds like absinthe selection. Absinthe <laughs> Ab selection. Absinthe selection. That's, that's wow, what a say. tongue twister. <laughs> Good job. You did it well. I tried. This was our primary drink for the night, one which was heated and distilled on the table in front of us. With a very refined, classy environment, there seemed to be few modifications to the building in order to preserve its original atmosphere. Unquote. I definitely want to go on that. Yeah. Can we go have absinthe at the ghost bar? That sounds like so much fun. Absinthe? 
Have you never had absinthe? No. I. It's not for everybody. <laughs> I personally enjoy What's it. What's the taste? Earthy and bitter. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Wormwood. What? Oh, wormwood. No. Yeah, that's like. That reminds me of like the worm in the tequila bottle. Oh, no, not like that. Gross. When I think of wormwood, like worms just squiggling through wood. I don't know. That's just the one my brain goes to. I don't even know if they're allowed to use wormwood anymore because that was originally the ingredient oh, yeah. that made absinthe halluc- like give you hallucinogenic effects. I heard those like stories about absinthe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that that is something that they make it with anymore because it's just like a big old no-no these days. You grow them on your own. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, homemade absinthe <laughs> i hope not well actually yeah there is tons of recipes for it damn yeah. i read it in the goth bible <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great i'm not kidding <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> uh yes yeah, so others have witnessed glasses falling off the ghost bar drawers popping open in the upstairs room piano music playing by the phantom musician a staff member recalls a strawberry she had placed into a champagne glass in preparation for brunch event, bouncing off the back wall and hitting her in the head while she was alone in the kitchen. So, like, ghost is just chucking strawberries. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That sounds fun. kind of does. Yeah. <laughs> Another incident involves a woman who left her drink at the ghost bar and went to the ladies' room. Well, in there, she had a lovely conversation with another lady who she assumed was the bathroom attendant. When she returned to the bar and shared her experience with the bartender, he promptly told her that the Whitney does not employ bathroom attendants. The woman was very upset and she wanted to speak to a manager to validate the experience. So they took a look at the camera footage outside of the ladies' restroom and saw no evidence of the other woman entering or leaving the bar. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's wild. Uh... While unexplained events have occurred in the mansion, the most paranormal activity has taken place in the carriage house located behind the mansion. After David Whitney and his family vacated the property, the mansion served as a hospice, as we know, and after that, the Visiting Nurse Association acquired the carriage house for its offices. There was a tea set up on the table in the carriage house known as Grace's Table, one of the daughters. It was not my table. (laughs) (laughs) Grace's. 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 It wasn't... (laughs) Not your table. Yeah, no. Ghost ladies' table. Ghost ladies. <laughs> um, and any disturbance to it would result in chaos. Maybe it was my table. I take that back. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fuck with my table. <laughs> Stephanie arms off the podcast table. <laughs> oh my god. Have you noticed? <laughs> no, your your water bottles in front of it, but I'm just saying it as like <laughs> <laughs> Grace's table miss not be disturbed. <laughs> it tracks. <laughs> oh, wow. Carry on. So according to Mark Gwynick, a co-founder and paranormal investigator of Haunt Investigators of Michigan, he explains in an interview that Grace was the oldest daughter of David Whitney, and she actually lived abroad in France. But when she'd come back here to the States, she'd like to come up and have tea, look out the window, and watch the horses. He said that things started to go crazy when the Visiting Nurse Association took the table down, and the Whitney family told the group to restore it to its original location to please Grace's spirit. Wynack and his co-founder, Mark Ortiz, last moved the table but ended up putting it back after the significant amount of unwanted activity took place in the mansion, including the flooding of the basement, which resulted in thousands of dollars of property lost, 
And for the past five or six years, the pair have led paranormal groups on overnight tours throughout the mansion and the carriage house and have recorded experiences of a sizable amount of paranormal activity. Ortiz said he experienced a shadow man standing in a doorway of the carriage house, as well as small voices and noises that confirmed their presence when asked. He and Wynick also heard a male voice on their equipment saying, Get out! Get out. Get out now. Investigators with the group have also captured children's voices singing to them and answering questions in the carriage house. So, Aw, that's kind of cute. It's adorable. And creepy. It's kind I of would want to hear that if I was, no. <laughs> <laughs> but hearing this happen to someone else, like, aw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're singing to them. Right? Well, apparently the people who captured those recordings were women. Maybe the children felt comfortable singing to the women investigators. Yeah. Aw. Wow. Um, Other investigators have also observed a type of mist that is considered to be a spirit materializing into a room or a wall, a bluish light emanating from an unknown source, as well as the sound of footsteps resonating from an unoccupied room. Ortiz shares another tale from a vendor who pulled up to the Whitney and observed a figure of a nurse trying to escape from the second-story window of the carriage house. Later, when the staff was there to investigate, the figure was gone, which is pretty wild to consider because the vendor saw a nurse without knowing the story. Because they were nurses in the carriage house before, like, yeah. in the 80s. And Whoa. dude just, like, rolled up and was just like, yeah, there's a nurse in there. Like, And there why, wasn't. Why is there a nurse? And he's just, like, a random person who wouldn't know yeah. anything, right? Yeah, right. So, another odd coincidence, perhaps. There's a lot of coincidences there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do they track? They certainly seem to. Another group of investigators called the Detroit Paranormal Expeditions have caught a few really spooky voices on recordings. There's one that whispers. It's a boy that says, oh boy. And it's like, ooh. He sounds, he sounded like stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way of wording it. He did sound stressed out. Uh-huh. There's another one in the carriage house where there is an unexplained female voice humming. And it's just like, just like really soft and like really eerie and spooky yeah. in the background. Oh, that one, that one kind of made my arm hair stand up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I bet. <laughs> that, We're going to yeah. post the link. So yeah. like check them out, guys. You should you should listen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so more on the carriage house. It turns out that there have been so many reports on the Whitney's that sci-fi ghost hunters did an episode on the paranormal activity. Bud says that they found some unusual activity even when the cameras weren't rolling. He saw a bolt of lightning come all the way down the stairs out through the front door. They didn't get it on camera, but the two of them had both seen it. So one verified the other. I Dang. mean, that's kind of crazy to see a bolt of lightning come like down the stairs and out of out of the front door. Just like, whoa. Yeah, that sounds like a super, I don't know, kind of. Like if you see something that's running like really fast, like maybe Sonic or something, like it was like it was a <laughs> right? ghost, it was a ghost Sonic that was just like bazoo. ghost Sonic or like the Flash or something like that, just yeah. like super fast boy, <laughs> fast as fuck boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, there's a lot of things that have to do with like either natural or yeah, super electricity, electricity, yeah, electricity or natural. Yeah, I mean, Lightning. like Thomas Edison and his mm-hmm. maybe bad karma for stealing all the spotlight for electricity. Mm-hmm. 
and all this ghostly energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but all of the ghosts seem to be fairly friendly or perhaps haunted by their past and trying to find a way out of the Whitney house. However, investigators have noted that only one sinister ghost inside the mansion, which has been contained in the basement. Its very presence is heavy and negative, and it is also known as the Lady in Black, or the Lady with the Black Eyes. There are some spooky things going on in this place. It's kind of nice, though, that, like, the only real dark, like, evil presence is in the basement. And it doesn't seem like that's where people spend a lot of their time. That is so chilling. That is so chilling, though. Like, she's just contained there. She's contained there. Could you imagine being a worker? Like, if they had storage down there and you're like, you're the one that has to go to the basement. I'm out. It's your turn, Bob. (laughs) Sorry, Bob. (laughs) Bob's like, I quit. (laughs) I'm out. (laughs) That would be a no call, no show for me, dog. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm not going into that basement. No. I'd probably, I'd want to check it out. (laughs) I mean, is a malevolent spirit really that malevolent? Maybe they're just misunderstood. Maybe Um, they need something. I would would argue that, yes, malevolent spirits are malevolent spirits. Here's another kind of concept that this is, I mean, all just complete speculation here with ghosts and everything. But I feel like there's possibly maybe ages of ghosts of like how long they have been around possibly that... Okay, so going back to that image of if you're a misunderstood ghost and you're just like, I don't know, flipping the switch on and off and you're like, hey, hello, I'm here and no one's listening to you and I don't know, you're haunted by a tragic past. I mean, we talked about that in the Ada Witch. Ah, yes. Like, would you feel kind of like haunted yourself? Like, would you, I don't know, what if you just harbored all of these deep and tragic feelings and thoughts okay and then as time passes you're more and more misunderstood that i don't know i think that's where malevolent i wonder because that that in would uh give fact to an evolution of a ghostly spirit yeah or are they more so just like perpetually stuck in time which i think ghosts are typically more like portrayed as like their life was what it was and that energy is stuck in time but like traveling through time in a but sense. But then like, okay, so, so but then you're stuck change. in a purgatory, but you're stuck in purgatory forever. Like in a purgatory of just like being in the spirit realm or I don't know, whatever Like the spirit realm connected to this room, you know, like or this part of the house. Like you can't go in, you can't go out and nothing ever changes. And you're just stuck there. But then the question is, is do you have all your same memories and thoughts and feelings or have you like lost some of those? Do you mm. lose them over time? And then you're just like, why am I here going more and more crazy? Oh my God. That you just become a woman with black hollow eyes. It just I don't know. If you're a, if you're a woman know with what black to do, hollow just eyes, a... let us know in the <laughs> in the comments of our Instagram. <laughs> Not in our DM dreams. Us, let us know. <laughs> Please stay out of my dreams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just stay out of our dreams. <laughs> Uh, if you have any spooky messed up dreams tonight please please do and in, in, uh indulge us with those stories yeah. i'd love to hear them if you have any other stories tell us we, some nightmares we do want to hear about your nightmares yeah yeah um yeah so that is that is it for the whitney house that's all we got for you mm. a whole bunch of spooky stuff yeah but yeah seriously like if you would like to send us your listener tales we would love to read them Yes, uh, you can email us at yourspookyneighbors 
at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Your, your Spooky, spooky neighbors. neighbors. Your Spooky Neighbors. Uh, thank you so much for listening, guys. Come on back next week and crack a cold one with, with your, your Spooky, spooky neighbors. neighbors. Bye. Bye.